Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. This is Lewis Warshauer, and today we are studying Masechet Sukkah, Daf Zayin, Tractate Sukkah, page 7. I'd like to focus on the following that are brought up on this page. The measurements of Sukkah walls related to Shabbat measurements, the reappearance of the issue of shade and roofing, the reappearance of the issue of the sukkah as a type of dwelling, temporary or permanent, and at the end, uh, a different possible shape for a sukkah. Back on page four, I mentioned that there's this principle, God asek mechitzata, in order to create a partition, and by the way, here by partition, we do not mean the mechitza in the synagogue, in some synagogues that separate men's and women's area, but rather a different kind of separation. In the case of sukkah, the sukkah from what is not the sukkah, and in the case of Shabbat, from public to private domain. That back on page four, there was an analogy made between a sukkah and Shabbat on the this very issue of partitions and the delineation of space. In our Gemara, Rava teaches that since the Tosefta, statements of the era of the Mishnah, teach that the third wall of a sukkah can be as short as a handbreadth, then what is considered a wall when the subject is Sukkot can also be considered a partition when the subject is Shabbat. In further discussion, it turns out that the analogy between Sukkot and Shabbat can only be pushed so far, and that is because of the stringency of requirements. Partitions on Shabbat define the boundary between public and private space, and on Shabbat, carrying between public and private space in the absence of an Eruv is a violation of Shabbat. Now, while it is true that in a, a wall that is not long enough or really any of the dimensions of a sukkah that are not properly done make a sukkah invalid, that's something that could be fixed. It's not like a violation of Shabbat that would be that would stem from caring between public and private space, which essentially cannot be fixed in any technical way. The discussion continues, or rather comes back to the idea that, was, that we found out earlier in the tractate, that a sukkah is only valid when there is more shade in it than sunlight. We are now presented with a baraita, a statement of the era of the sages of the Mishnah, in which the sages say that the statement that the greater sunlight than shade invalidates a sukkah is only when the lack of shade comes from too little schach, or roofing. But 
if all that, if the overabundance of sunlight is because of gaps in the wall, the sukkah is still valid. However, disagreeing with the sages, Rabbi Yoshia teaches that sunlight coming through the walls also invalidates a sukkah if there's too much of it. Rabbi Yoshia bases his position on a verse from Exodus chapter 40, verse 3, which is in connection with the Ark of the Covenant and the sanctuary. And of course, we've seen that before, that there are these comparisons made between the Sukkah and the derivation of its laws and the Ark of the Covenant. In this particular verse in Exodus, we learn that you shall screen the you shall screen off the ark with the curtain. Uh, just as today in our synagogues, the, the, the Sifrei Torah, the Torah scrolls, are screened off from the congregation. But the word for screen is visakota, which is derived from the same root as the word schach, which is the roofing on a sukkah. Therefore, in Rabbi Yoshia's analogy, there, there is a commonality between the screen that covered the ark and the roofing of a sukkah, that just as the screen, in some sense, uh, creates shade for the ark, so too it is the roofing, the schach, that must create the shade for the sukkah. The topic then shifts to overall, all overall concept, and we get the puzzling statement that a number of the sages of the era of the Mishnah say that we require the sukkah to be a permanent dwelling or residence. Now, we thought before that a sukkah actually has to be a temporary residence. So what is this all about? One of the examples given among these sages who say it needs to be permanent is that of Rabban Gamliel, who holds that a sukkah on top of a wagon or a boat is not a valid sukkah. Those are not considered places on which a, a, a fixed dwelling can be established. However, uh, Rabbi Akiva teaches that in fact having a sukkah on a boat or a wagon is a fit sukkah. So once again, we come to this dilemma of what a sukkah is supposed to be. It needs to be a dwelling. Uh, one is biblically commanded to dwell there. However, the rabbis also understood that it is important for the sukkah to be temporary. And it is in the adjudication of these two requirements that we find some of the sages coming down on the side of permanence. In other words, how can you call this a proper sukkah if it is not at least akin to a regular dwelling? And we've seen that already in the minimum requirements for a size of a sukkah. If it's too small, it's just not a dwelling. It's just not a place a person could live in. One of the sages who held that a sukkah must be a permanent dwelling, or at least akin to one, or one that could be, one of those sages is Rabbi Eliezer. And he also teaches that a circular sukkah, a sukkah shaped like a circle, uh, has some limitations to it. Uh, not all circular sukkot are valid.
And that leads to a longer discussion about the validity of a circular sukkah, with Rabbi Yochanan teaching that a round sukkah, if its circumference has sufficient space for 24 people to sit in it, it is fit. And if not, it is unfit. Now, we had probably assumed up to now that all sukkah would have to be square. Uh, but it turns out that is not the case. And Rabbi Yochanan, or at least might not be the case, and Rabbi Yochanan is introducing this idea of not sheer size, but a minimum requirement of people who can fit in it. Because after all, what is the use of a sukkah if people are not able to be inside it and celebrate the holiday? And at least according to Rabbi Yochanan, there need to be a fairly large number of people who can be in it, at least if the sukkah is circular. And uh, that discussion will be picked up on page 8. And now of page 7. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.